Welcome to MMC Radio, brought to you by Maine Medical Center, Maine's leader in patient care, education, and research, all centered around you. Here is our host, Melanie Cole. The Vector-Borne Disease Laboratory at Maine Medical Center Research Institute is dedicated to the control of emerging tick and mosquito-borne diseases. My guest today is Chuck Lubelzik. He's a vector ecologist at Maine Medical Center Research Institute. Welcome to the show, Chuck. Tell us about, people hear the word vector-borne. There's a lot in the media today about mosquitoes and ticks. And tell us what you do as a vector ecologist and what's involved. So as a vector ecologist, we have kind of the lucky job of going out actually into the field and and primarily collecting ticks and mosquitoes in the Northeast to look for various diseases, such as Lyme disease, anaplasmosis, or West Nile virus, and Eastern equine encephalitis virus. Wow. So you actually go and collect these things and then bring the insects back and test them for these various diseases to see if they're in the area? Yeah, so our lab here, we work a lot on what is called surveillance, which would be to look for disease activity in in certain areas. Uh, We work primarily in Maine, but also to some extent in New Hampshire and Vermont, where we are going out and looking, in many cases, for outbreaks, uh, or at least the emergence of these diseases in new areas, and where they are occurring for the very first time. uh, We try to keep track and see the extent of how much disease activity is going on. So let's start by speaking about ticks. Those little buggers can get in your socks. They can get in all kinds of places. How, what do you say to people to protect themselves from ticks if they're out in the woods? And do you have to be out in the woods for them to get at you? Primarily, you are going to be out in the field where you're going to collect ticks. Um, however, we do find that in rare cases, people with companion animals, either cats or dogs, will actually have ticks brought into their homes and people can actually get them from the animals, bringing them into homes. Ticks jump off onto the bed, onto the couch, and the ticks can then get on people that way. So in many ways, a lot of the the public health measures you would do to look for ticks, like tick checks or applying repellents, are also applicable to your companion animals as well as yourselves. Um, Primarily, we do tell folks what we do a lot is to actually wear very good clothes in the field, field that uh, clothing that will prevent ticks and mosquitoes from getting in contact with your skin um, are really the first line of defense against them. Okay, and we'll talk about defense too, but give us your best tick check advice. How do you check when you're done in the field, your dog and yourself and your kids? Yep, so you come in from the field, uh, the first thing you're going to do is ideally have on light-colored clothing. So you're going to check your clothes first. If they're light-colored clothing, not because the ticks don't like light-colored clothing, but because they show up a lot easier on them, uh, you'll go check your clothes first, anywhere from the shoulder on down to the ankles. Most of your tick exposure will occur at the knee level or below. So we frequently will tell folks to cover up or tighten the cuffs of their pants. Uh, That is frequently the first uh, area where ticks will get underneath the clothing uh, to get access to your skin. You want to look on your body or on the bodies of your children or your pets in areas that are dark and protected. So behind the ears, the navel, uh, the underarms, um, under the legs, behind the knees, areas that's not going to get rubbed by fabric, uh, areas that will stay warm and cozy and dark for the ticks to be happy in. 
if you do find one, how do you get it off? People have said over the years, oh, the head will stay in. You have to use a match or alcohol. Tell us how to get a tick out of your skin. So the the most uh, reliable way to do it is to rely on a very fine pair of forceps or tweezers. This is a patient process in that you really need to take some time to gently tug the tick out from underneath your skin to prevent exactly that from happening. If you pull too quickly or too fast, you can have the beak or the head of the tick remain in while the whole body pulls away with the tweezers. So actually gently tugging the tick will help to get it out from under your skin. You can also rely on a variety of of tick pullers, as they're generally called. You can get them at veterinarians' offices or outdoor supply places. And they will all work to really uh, extract the tick out of your system or out of your skin without doing a lot of damage. One of the things we tell people is, you know, you don't rely on matches, don't rely on alcohol, petroleum jelly. You know, we've even heard of people using peanut butter and and credit cards to try to extract the tick out of the skin. And we, we see a lot that people do a lot more damage to their skin from these really kind of crazy methods than if they just gently applied a little bit of patience and, and forceps or, or tweezers to get the tick out. Do they have like like little barbs that hold them in, and is that why it's so hard to get them out? Yeah, the two species we have up here in the northeast, uh, the deer tick, actually has barbs like little recurve fish hooks on their beak, so they're kind of very well anchored in. The other tick species we have, the, the American dog tick, actually has a different method in that it secretes kind of a superglue uh, to hold on to its host. And so we will actually have people will actually rip away part of their skin with this superglue if they try to rip the tick off too quickly. So what do you do with it? People say you burn it. They say to make sure don't throw it out and that they live through it. What do you do with a tick once you've pulled it out? Yeah, many places um, in states will have identification programs. If you're not really sure what tick it is, because not all ticks are going to be transmitters of disease. Um, so the first thing would be to keep it in the event you want to have it identified. Some places will actually offer testing services where people can submit their ticks in to be tested for various tick-borne diseases, uh, so that is another possibility as well. It's also a good idea, though, to hold on to it in the event you are going to go see a physician um, because that would add some clinical data to the picture. If you end up being diagnosed with a tick-borne disease, having the tick uh, that they can go back and examine um, might help to fill in some of the pieces of the puzzle. Are, is weather a big factor? Do they come out more when it's wet, like mosquitoes, or dry? Is Are they around in the winter? Well, up here, we see uh, the potential for ticks at any time of the year when it gets above 40 degrees Fahrenheit and the snow begins to melt. Um, so we have tick activity potentially at almost any time as long as it's warm. Um, ticks in the summertime generally like moister conditions. They don't really do well in, in really dry conditions. And deer ticks in particular kind of have that Goldilocks complex. You know, they don't like it too hot, they don't like it too cold, don't like it too wet, don't like it too dry. But if you think about kind of your humid, warm summer days are pretty optimal for, for deer ticks. So what are some of the diseases that you get from ticks, and are there solutions to these diseases or cures for them? Yeah, in the, in the Northeast, we currently have about, I would say, six to eight different disease agents that have been found in, in deer ticks. Now, a lot of this is that we have better molecular techniques to detect 
these pathogens in the ticks. Um, in some cases, though, these are so new, we don't really know what the infectious potential is for them. Um, however, currently, we know that at least in, in New England, we have five agents, five disease agents, either bacteria or viruses, that are cycling in ticks that would cause either human or veterinary disease. Now, people have said that Lyme disease is so hard to detect and that it's often hard to treat because it goes undetected for so long. If you were bitten by a tick, or even if you don't know if you were, how do you know if something is wrong, or what are some red flags? Yeah, the, the highest, um, kind of the highest alert symptom for, for Lyme disease would be what is called the erythema migrans, or a bullseye rash. <clears throat> this doesn't appear in every case of Lyme disease, but it's somewhere between 60 to 80% of people that have Lyme will come down with this large um, uh, bullseye rash that will form usually at the side of the bite, though not always, and expand out to about the size of a dinner plate. Uh, this rash will normally occur 3 to 30 days after a tick has bitten somebody. Um, with the testing, most tests that are done now are an antibody test, and physicians would recommend people should wait a couple of weeks before being tested. So the problem with a lot of the testing, people say that it's not reliable, but a lot of it is that the tests are, are being done too early. And so someone will find a tick on themselves Monday morning after being outside on Sunday. They go to the doctor Monday afternoon, try to get tested. Uh, that's actually too early. You know, they ought to be waiting at least two to three weeks after the tick bite to get tested uh, because you want to allow your antibody levels to build and, and be detectable at that point. So now in just the last few minutes, Chuck, give us your best advice about prevention of tick problems and vector-borne diseases and why people should come to Maine Medical Center for their care. So we actually uh, rely a lot on repellents when we're in the field. Um, repellents such as a DEET-based repellent or ones that are based with permethrin as the active ingredient work very well to keep ticks and mosquitoes off of clothing and off of people. If you have companion animals, certainly apply top spot medicines uh, such as Frontline or another compound from your veterinarian that will help to repel ticks off because certainly animals do bring ticks into households. Relying on good clothing or reliable clothing when you're in the field with socks during the summertime Long sleeves and long pants will help to reduce the, the amount of tick exposure as well. Um, at Maine Medical Center, there are infectious disease doctors and um, several specialists that are very well versed in the treatment of what's called travel medicine and infectious diseases. So these are doctors that deal with everything from Lyme disease to malaria, uh, and they've got a very solid background in, in the care and treatment of, of those kinds of infections. Thank you so much. It's very important information for people to hear, Chuck. Thanks for being with us today. You're listening to MMC Radio, and for more information, you can go to mmc.org. That's mmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.